And this is a reading of the last two pieces in In Flight magazine in Gateway, Mexico. First is a poem by Jamie Clark Jones called White Stag in a Birch Forest. I was young yesterday, sleeping in the negative space of a birch forest with red shag carpet and the plastic eyes of model horses watching me. Books of all kinds, mysteries. I was young yesterday, talking sleep into coming, conning it with blueberry fields and mountain passes, manipulating dreams, giving strength to hidden messages, mustering optimism by way of symbolism, finding hope in images I forced myself to see. I was young yesterday, staring at a round orange resin circle clipped to a lampshade, audibly breathing to not hold my breath, assuming my place in the black and white photo, proof I was there, smelling peaches and leather and musk, tracing the pattern on my blanket with my finger until the soft cotton failed comfort. I was young yesterday, rehearsing my smile, tasting fear, running without movement, hearing the cold, empty lake air, playing my journal in D minor on a piano to snowfall, stretching out on the floor of a cedar closet, mesmerized by falling wax that dripped in the offbeat of a jazz record, buttoning tiny pearly buttons up to my neck, pushing them, stretching the buttonholes, each one making a noiseless pop as it slid through. I was young yesterday, tasting deep green and burnt orange, blowing wish flowers back in my face, fubbing my burnt umber corduroy knees in deep, wet mud, finding safety in someone else's plaid and warmth in drizzling rain. And the last piece by Raymond Solard is called, is an excerpt from a long piece called Labyrinthine, a new fiction. And this is section number 77. I lead Ray and Figa and Perth. Sorry, I lead Ray and Figa and Perth in my plaid green jacket pocket to my hut in the white woods, past my Burning Man 2003 pendant across the crazy smiling imp plaque on its door. A merry cackle replies as we enter. I sit in my comfy green armchair, and Ray and Figa curl together in the just-as-comfy armchair across from me. I pop 
Perth out of my pocket to dance where he wills. He ranges lightly from atop the filing cabinet next to my chair, to the little bookcase against the wall to the right of the door. Same wall with the many fine creature portraits, me lucky to be in some of them, and finally to the arm of Ray and Figa's armchair, lingering there as much as he lingers anywhere. I look at pretty Figa. Do you remember a space hero named Mulroney the Space Pirate? Her pretty turquoise eyes listen, ponder, reach deep in, almost find something, then don't. Shakes her head. He loved a girl named Figga, but his heroic space adventures took him far from her. She listens, but still nearly nothing. So you are somehow her, or for somehow, or something else, maybe. They are transfixed on my struggling words, which I wish were better, I think. Maybe there are answers in the place of art. I look at Figga and Ray both. Maybe for both of you. They nod, vague smiles, waiting. I stand and push aside my armchair to reveal the trap door below, pull it back, and there is the column down into the earth. Perth and I have traveled this before, but this time the four of us will go to a different place. As though summoned, Perth dances up to me, and I hold out my plaid green jacket pocket for him to, to tuck into manages three pats of three noses along his way. Smiling kind and sweet at them, I start to descend the winding stairs down. There's some kind of warm, ancient wood, humming and glowing for reassurance and light. There's a rail, too, one I don't recall coming up. Is it because we are descending? Effect and cause because descending than a rail? I wonder this as I listen to them follow behind me, single file, and then I think something else. Our traveling party needs an additional person. We will find her in a little while, further below. Effect, and thus cause. She will help. She's waiting on a kind of landing we arrive to. She's studying the walls around her, making notations and sketches in her art pad. Smiles when she sees me. I wondered where you'd gotten to. I kiss Becca warmly and then show her to Figa and Ray. This is my labyrinthine wife, Rebecca. Becca, this is Figa and Ray. Her smile, golden, warms them. I'm less a friendly stranger now, more like them. Perth dances up to Becca, onto her outstretched hands, and then sort of hugs her back to the, and then sort of tugs her back to the pictures, and symbols she'd been studying and sketching on the landing's wall. A particular one. We cluster up to take a look. Perth's glowing purple fur helps. This etching is ancient, but I think Ray and I figure it out. At the same time, the spaceship in the earth. Becca regards closely the small, purple, furry creature in her paws. You think we should go there? He 
studies her blue eyes with his deep black ones, reaches forward to pat her nose. They look at me, and I nod to Perth to lead us now. But slowly, please, I say politely. Hops off Becca's hands and word resume. I nod Figa and Ray to follow him, and then I follow Becca. While I was waiting for you, I caught up on the story. I see no fat notebooks in her possession. Her art bag does not bulge as it would. How? She pats that art bag, though. Some call it tricky smile magic. I laugh. The winding way is steady. Figa and Ray are not talking, but okay, just concentrating. Are you still happy with this book? I stop climbing down, and Perth's sharp ears cause him and the others to do so, too. I think Figa and Ray heard Becca's question, and so all cluster back to us to listen. It matters deep in my heart, where the air is calm and the light is clear. Sometimes I lose my way down there, like I fall off the path into murk. But I never doubt it's there somewhere to find again. The way is always there. Blue eyes listening so close, I forget we are speaker and listener. Yes, I'm still happy with this book. I'm just not always happy with me. She nods. I motion us all to get along, and I see Perth's purple furry glow continuing along our way. I sense it won't be long now, and it isn't. We come to a door, a numbered keypad beside it. Ray looks at me quizzically. I nod. I punch one, none, many into the pad, and there is a deep exhalation of air, like a long overdue breath, and the door ajars. I push it in and step through, not unlike the hallway Ray and I traveled. Perth, back in my pocket, Ray and I take the point side by side. To calm any jitters, I take her hand, and Rebecca, beside us, takes figures. I speak what little I know. We're guessing that intent counts, that these Disparate places can and are handing us one to the next, and what we're looking to learn is along our coming path. I think. Want to say more than don't. Almost sigh. Let's just stay close. Ray is quiet, studying the blank walls of the six-foot-wide corridor we're in. Are you remembering? I ask. She's quiet a long time. Then, you travel by who you are, who you're with, what you seek, kind of like you said. Are we clear and focused enough, I wonder? I think so, she says slowly, now studying Perth in my pocket. Should he lead, I ask? She nods. Maybe just a feeling? Or a guess? So I take Perth out and hold him in my hands, facing us, 
all paused, clustered up. We want to go to the place of art. It is a place of origins, of making, some of it unsure, I say. Perth rarely speaks in English, preferring nose-pattings and dancing, but he is a creature, and there are many ways of understanding. Reaches forward, and we adjust in our crowdings, so every nose gets a pat. Then he hops to the floor and slow dances our way. I nod at Ray as we resume. Good guess. It's not long again before something up ahead feels different. The air cools, ripples. Perth dances us right into a great, sparkling limestone cavern. I look back and see the spaceship hallway fading as though no longer needed right now or never really there. They wander around for a bit, but I'm heading to the far end, to the hole in that wall over there, made accidentally by the great tale of Calgary the Sea Dragon. The others join me after grooving on the sparkling stones and boulders a while. Figa shows me four small stones she collected, one for each of us. I nod, I guess. The hole is dark, and I help each girl step into it. Perth hops in. I go last. I know what's there in the dark nearby and lift up Perth like a flashlight to reveal. It is an old-time motion picture camera. Remote land? I say aloud, just amusing. Remote land? Rebecca studies it closely, taller than her, a deep, vaguely shiny black, a long crank on one side, a panel of buttons on the other. Its tripod base legs are thick, very sturdy. No dust, she replies. No answers yet, I say. We turn away and use Perth in my leading hand to guide us through otherwise near darknesses. I start to hmm our way along, and the others join in. This lightens our way a little. We're getting there. Effect and cause, and the mystery of what next. <laughs>